Hello and welcome to Puffcast, your Harry Potter happy place. This is episode 72 on February 8th, 2023, and I am Melanie. And I am Juliana, and apparently we're reading this in an epic tone today, yes, and I didn't we realize are. that. Okay, <laughs> we're coming in hot, and today we are talking about nothing else but, and all about, the Georgia Harry Potter exhibition. Dun 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 dun! <laughs> Was that epic enough? <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Thanks. You came in with like a really like epic kind of deep tone. I was like, oh, okay, I guess this is the direction we're heading in. Yeah, sometimes you have to mix it up a little bit. So yeah, I'm fine with that. I can roll with the ball. You know me. <laughs> but yeah, so today, listeners, we are going to be talking about the Harry Potter exhibition, specifically the one that happened in Georgia, just because that's the one that I went to. This will be a nice menagerie of me and Mel and some other special guests and their feelings and everything about the exhibition. But Mel. Before we get to that, yes. I think it's time that we get to the news. Okay. Do 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 news. We are very dramatic today, I see. Yeah, so much drama. Uh- <laughs> Welcome to the news. Da, da, da. What's on the news? News anchor Juliana. Yes, yes, news anchor Mel. So today on the news, we are going to announce the winner of our lovely bomber jacket from our guest Margaret, who was on our last episode. So thank you to Margaret for supplying that bomber jacket and also for just being a fabulous guest. We love you very much, Margaret. And the winner of that is... Kayla! <laughs> okay, congratulations! Yay! Woo! And be on the lookout for some stickers, some Puffcast stickers from us over here at Puffcast as well, too. So we'll send those on their way. So we have a lot of Hogwarts Legacy news this time, Mel. Mm -hmm. Because recently they have invited a lot of the big influencers, a lot of the big YouTubers, Instagram personalities, either to the Leaves in Studios or to the California headquarters for the game. And a lot of these people have got to play the game early. Oh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> I know. All of us are watching. I've watched so many YouTube videos the last couple of days just because I think it was Wednesday, possibly, where they were allowed to actually start showing these to the greater public. Mm-hmm. My YouTube algorithm just like blew the freak up. So I watched a good amount of them. I will say generally from everyone who's played it, they really like it. And they're really excited for a lot of the features. And they've all come away from it being like, yeah, this is a really cool, fun game from a gaming perspective, from a Harry Potter fan perspective. So that's great. You know, I'm just realizing as this episode comes out on the 8th, it's only like two days away before it comes out for PlayStation, I think, and computer and so on. So I will be able in two days to actually check it out myself too. And I'm really excited. And especially now that we have seen even more of it from others Mm -hmm. experiencing it and the feedback is so positive. I'm really looking forward to trying it myself. Yeah. And listeners, we'll definitely do a whole episode on Mel's experience with the game just because I don't have a way to play it yet. I might be getting a Switch, but that doesn't even happen till July. That's what's going to happen. So we'll get her playing experience, what you think of the game, Mel, everything like that. So be sure to take all your notes. I like. I know you like to take notes. That way we can yeah. get the best ofs from you. And if anyone of you is playing, please also send us your first impressions of the game as well, because, you know, mm-hmm. we always love to 
hear from you, but especially about this too. And I hope that you can befriend people on there in some way. So yeah, I'm not sure about that function, actually. We will see what happens with that. But if that's possible, I want to befriend you all, of course, or see you in some way and interact with you. Yeah. And I will say there are two bigger things that I think have come out of the many videos, little news items for us, Mel. Mm -hmm. The first one is something that I guess a lot of people were questioning. I did not even think about this, but people were wondering, can you swim in the game? Are you allowed to swim? And the answer is yes, you can <gasps> swim. Okay. So you can swim swim through the Great Lake, which brings us to our next little tidbit of knowledge. Oh, yes. <laughs> I've heard this. <laughs> I have had intel that there is going to be some kind of either task or little action you can take where you toss toast into said lake and giant squid might come out to get said toast and... <laughs> Squost is part of this game, friends. So if you see Squost, if you toss toast into the lake and you are able to see the giant squid take the piece of toast, please take a screenshot, do a video of it. I would love to see it. (laughs) I think this, if possible, will be one of the first things I will go and see just for you, Juliana, because I know how excited you would be about it. (laughs) Yeah, go to the Great Wahal and stock up on toast and just go stand by the Great Lake and shove toast into the Great Lake until the squid comes out. (laughs) Oh my goodness, this is so cute. Just having these small details that is really just a tiny thing from the books. It's just so funny. Yeah, I think it's very exciting. I'm I'm super excited. And yeah, I'm excited to hear what you think of the game too, Mel. And I'll be mm-hmm. watching some YouTube videos best I can, try to keep up on things. But I think it'll be a fun time. Yeah. Along with the YouTube videos and such that have been coming out, also Warner Brothers on January 18th released a new cinematic trailer called The Invitation, which is very dramatic <laughs> to the game. So if you're interested in seeing that, you can head on over to the official YouTube channel for Hogwarts Legacy. And they also announced that they are bringing back the Wizarding Wednesdays. Oh. Yeah, that was something we saw them using to promote the Fantastic Beasts films. Yes. They shared a little bit more about the promotion that's going to happen. And they said, fans will be able to celebrate the official release of Hogwarts Legacy on each of the four Wednesdays leading up to the game's release by entering to win exclusive Wizarding World prizes, including a chance to win a Universal Park Parks and Resorts vacation at either Hollywood or Orlando to experience the magic of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. TMTM. Fans can learn more by visiting hogwartslegacy.com slash en dash us slash Wizarding Wednesdays. Based off of that URL, it sounds like it might be a US-based only thing. I honestly don't know. But you can take part to these Wizarding Wednesdays every Wednesday leading up to the game release. Go ahead over and see if you can win a trip to Harry Potter, Wizarding World, Orlando, or Universal in California. Yay. Okay. And I think that's all of the Hogwarts Legacy news that we have. We do have a few other small news items. The next we have is Bloomsbury has announced that its ninth annual celebration of the Harry Potter book series will be quite different this year. Rather than the traditional Harry Potter book night, this event will now be called Harry Potter Book Day. Mm-hmm. So Harry Potter Book Day will be on October 12th, 2023. The global event invites all Potter fans to share their love for the series with a free Harry Potter Book Day online kit that includes activities and ideas inspired by the books. Readers can register on Bloomsbury's website to receive it, and individual events are held in honor of Bloomsbury's celebration all over the world at libraries, schools, bookshops, and more. The publisher 
hopes that the rebranding from book night to book day will help to make the event more accessible and inclusive for Potter fans of all ages. Yeah, so they're changing it from a, a night into a day, and then they're changing the date, because it used to be in, like, January, I think. Okay. So it's kind of switching around. I think just more or less so, like, more smaller kids can get more involved, mm-hmm. because that's definitely, like, a school day where teachers could make it the big feature of the day, as opposed to, like, Harry Potter book night, which might be a little bit more challenging, you know? Yeah, that sounds nice. That's much more inclusive. And we have new generations already of young people, again, that would for sure love to go and see these things as well. Yeah. That sounds great. And then for our US-based friends, just a note that the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them and Fantastic Beasts Crimes of Grindelwald movies will be leaving HBO Max on January 31st. And we don't know where they're going. So if you want to watch them on HBO Max before then, go for it. Every couple of episodes, we have a type of news like this, that the Harry yeah, Potter or the Fantastic Beasts movies leave some kind of platform and go to another one. And it's just, yeah. I'm just wondering how many people are using these platforms to watch these movies instead of the DVDs yeah. or downloads, whatever they have on their computer. Yeah, I think the best plan of attack is honestly just to either own the DVDs or own the downloads. <laughs> Okay, and our last piece of news is just a follow-up to a piece of news we had on last episode, and is that the Visual Effects Society has officially announced that its its nominees for the 21st Annual VES Awards and The Secrets of Dumbledore appears twice. Mm -hmm. It is up for an Outstanding Visual Effects in Fictorial Feature Award, and it's also nominated for an Outstanding Effects in Simulations in a Fictorial Feature category, so uh, its special effects team could possibly win some awards, and that's very exciting. They do look great. It is going up against Avatar. <sighs> I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, uh... it would be kind of nice, you know, with with all the negativity surrounding the cast and so on. You know, it's yeah. It would be nice to have some positive things like that happening for these movies. Yeah. So good luck. Good luck to the visual effects team over there at Secrets of Dumbledore. You did a good job. <laughs> yeah. Keep it up. And then we have some feedback. Would you like to let us know what is on the docket for the feedback, Mel? In our last episode, where we had our Patreon friend and overall great number one fan of Puffcast, <laughs> Margaret, on, mm-hmm. we asked ourselves a question, and that is the last scene of Prisoner of Azkaban. We mm-hmm. all remember the still of Harry flying towards us, and then he's just frozen. And uh, we asked ourselves, do we like this scene? Do we not like it? Yeah. Margaret really liked it. She could see all sorts of things in it. Juliana was was kind of like no I don't like I kind of get your point but I still don't like it and I'm kind of like in between <laughs> yeah yeah we had overall also some some more responses from our friends and for example Jenna wrote I really enjoyed listening to all the things Margaret saw in Prisoner of Azkaban when it comes to camera work and the feelings it can evoke makes me want to watch it again had such a fun time which was the secret word, (laughs) in the common room with you three magical ladies. Yes, thank you, Jenna. And then we also had Jeff, who said, I'm yay to the scene, but I'm nay to cutting and pasting it at the end. I get why they did it. It just draws attention to the fact that they never do more than one Quidditch match per film. No Quidditch cups for these kids. (laughs) Which I mean, yeah, true, Jeff. Then we had someone called The Weirdos Are Out mm-hmm. saying it felt very 90s teen movie. I think it would have been better if he flew past the camera and turned back to the castle and it stayed on a wide shot as Harry grew smaller flying back. 
Yeah, that's kind of what we decided to. Yeah, it's kind of similar to what I also said, that it would have been kind of nice if he had just continued flying out in some way. Because we Mm -hmm. talked so much about the movement of the entire movie and the feelings and emotions it awakes in us and finishing the movie like that kind of Mm -hmm. doesn't fit. Overall, I think the responses that we had were pretty much positive. Most of the people seemed to like the ending that way. With a caveat. Well, that wraps up our feedback in our news segment. Do-do-do-do-do-do. News. Ah. That was not dramatic at all. Okay, there we go. Yes. <laughs> Some Beethoven for you right there. Great. So after that dramatic ending to the news, let's head on over into the main discussion. Hi, Alex here for Magically Alex. I take damaged, unsellable Harry Potter books and upcycle them into frameable prints. I love giving these wonderful books second life and allowing you to have a unique piece of the wizarding world in your own home. My favorite thing about them is that the pages I select reflect the art printed on them. So if you want a picture of Dobby, the page will have his name on it. They're so fun to do. You can find me on Instagram at magicallyalex or at my Etsy shop, etsy.com slash shop slash magicallyalex. So here we are in the main discussion and what we have for you is we had an interview with one of our younger older friends of this podcast that you have heard before on our show and that is Mm -hmm. the Potter Kid. Yes. He has been visiting the exhibition himself and will share a little bit of his thoughts with us. So here we go. Okay, listeners. So here we are in the main portion of our discussion. Whatever part Mel decides to put this at, I don't know if this is coming first, second, third, or beyond that. It's going to be a puzzle. (laughs) It's a mystery puzzle. And part of this mystery puzzle is our friend, the Potter Kid, who is back with us again. And he just went to the exhibition as well. Welcome, Potter Kid. Hello. Hello. The exhibition was great. It was amazing. (laughs) Yeah. It's been a while since you have been with us. I think it's been at least two years. Yeah, yeah it's been it a really, hot it's been a while. Yeah. I, I, I hear school has been a little bit uh, crazy on your end, so it's understandable yeah. why it's taken us a little while to get you back on. Yeah. School has been whatever school is. If you've, if you've been through <laughs> school, you'll, you know, you know. <laughs> we all have oh, been. Both of, we have been through school, yes. <laughs> oh, we yes. Just, we too share that experience. <laughs> yes. Okay, so before we get started with our discussion with the Potter Kid on the exhibition, why don't you give us your fandom ID, so that would be your house, your Patronus, your wand, and your favorite food that is not pizza. Okay. Maybe your second favorite food that's not pizza, because we already know your favorite food that's not pizza. We got that back on, like, what, like, episode five that we did with you or something okay. like that? Okay, what was it then? Because it may have changed. Ooh, okay. Oh, I think it was some kind of soup dish or something with noodles something like oh, that oh yeah it was the ramen noodles the lexington ramen noodles yeah something like that's that. from oh, yeah, a local yeah, yeah. shop here that's really good so house ravenclaw 
Patronus, Sphinx Cat, Wand is, uh, I believe, 11 and a half inches Reedwood Dragon Heartstring Core. <laughs> and then my favorite food that is not pizza is this really niche but incredible um, Asian snack. They're called Nori Make Ari, and they're like rice okay. crackers, but they're like wrapped in dried seaweed, and it's really good. <laughs> oh, okay, I was gonna say, I know Nori is seaweed. I think we did not have that yet as an answer, yeah. so... That's the first. I want to say that that was different. <laughs> That's good. But you were really lucky and you got to go down just as I did to the exhibition in Georgia. Mm-hmm. And we would love to hear what your experience was because obviously I, I'm a full grown adult and I kind of <laughs> grew up with these books as a child and here I am now. So my experience through this exhibition was probably a lot different than yours was. So mm-hmm. we would love to hear what you thought of it, favorite things, just what it was like going through the exhibition as a young teenager (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i loved literally all of it it was Mm -hmm. wild i think it's amazing how like in the beginning when you first walk into it where they have the sorcerer's stone book the first edition like in the vault yeah that was cool and it was funny because i was looking through our pictures again and i just now realized that they put the sorcerer's stone in vault 713 yeah yeah they did yeah so you come in and you get into that big room. What what did you think of the whole beginning part of the exhibition? I thought it was awesome. The whole thing where it was just like the awesome starry sign in the front. And then you went into the room with the card and the vault and then the going into like the Marauder's Map room it was very mm-hmm. cool. Did you get to put your name up on the wall? I did. It was awesome. Oh, you can. I have absolutely no idea what's going on in that exhibition, so... Yeah, Mel's learning as she goes right now. (laughs) Listen, you're gonna have to go as soon as you possibly can, because it was amazing. (laughs) Yeah. We're kind of trying to ship mail to the Vienna one or the Paris one, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so you get to put up your name on the wall. And mm-hmm. is it like in the in the map that there are these little yeah. flags and you can put your name there? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. It's pretty awesome. I guess we would just like to hear like, what were your favorite parts of the exhibition? And what were things that you would say are not miss? Like you don't want to miss items that were standouts to you. Well, you see, there's one you really don't want to miss, and it's the invisibility mm-hmm. cloak. You have the oh three... yes, I did. Yeah, I did see that. <laughs> you have the three, the three Deathly Hallows, right? You have the wand, you have the ring, and then um, and then there's there's nothing in the invisibility cloak. One, it's, it's very funny <laughs> yeah, to me. Yeah. And whoever whoever came up with that, they had a good laugh thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, Jen and I decided that the person who came up with that needs a raise. Oh and yeah, a absolutely. Bonus. <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. That is so cute. <laughs> it was very clever because I remember I was looking at that and I was like, this looks like a weird display. Like, why does it look like there's something missing? And then I read the little plaque that said invisibility cloak and I was like, ah. <laughs> I get it now. This is this is very funny. Yes. I also I liked the like the moving portrait wall was awesome. Like the oh, hallway yeah. that you walked down initially, that like house room where we had all of the houses was awesome. Obviously, the Luna one was my favorite because I am kind of very much a Luna fan, so. <laughs> yeah, they had one of her costumes on display there. Yeah, they did. I believe they had they had her, oh shoot, I don't remember when you see her in that costume. It might be Order of the Phoenix. It probably is Order of the Phoenix. That's where we get most of the iconic Luna costumes. I feel like some of them like transfer over into the other movies, mm-hmm. but I feel like, especially the later two movies, she's wearing just like generic mm-hmm. clothes, more yeah. or less. I 
loved that display. It was awesome. I love seeing like the concept art for it and stuff. Did you get to take part in the interactive elements that were happening where you got to register yourself to your house? Yes, I did. I did get to do that. It was very interesting. Did you have a favorite interactive element that you got to do? Because there were a lot of different things that were available. There's too many different things. It was awesome. I don't really think that I could pick one, but if I had to, it was Probably the Marauder's map or like the Bogart or maybe the potion was the potions were fun. Ooh, yeah, the potions were quite fun. Mm-hmm. Now, for your Bogart, what did you fight against? Do you remember? I think I fought against the giant snake. And did you win? I did win. Oh, congratulations. Which, obviously, you know, <laughs> as it should, turned it into something slightly worse than a giant snake. Was it the Jack in the Box? Because yes. that's terrifying. Yes, it was. <laughs> that should be its own bogart. Oh, it 100% should. I don't understand why they did that in the movie. Like, how how do you go from giant snake, which is like, that's scary, I'm just going to go this direction, to like Jack in the Box, which it's like, ah, <laughs> and then you just like run, you're like, ah, ah. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, that was really fun. And I I really liked, too, how you could earn points for your house, too. Yes. Oh, you can. Like, throughout the exhibition, whatever you take part to, you can earn house points? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, all all the interactive elements you can. It's kind of a, I would call it an interactive display, because some of the things were very interactive, and some of the things were clearly like photo ops, like Umbridge's desk, which Mm -hmm. I hope you got to sit behind. Oh, I did. How did you feel sitting behind that desk? Um, powerful and also like I'm about to get a detention. (laughs) Okay. An evil, misbehaving person. (laughs) Yes, I felt very powerful. I am the one and true person. I have defeated the treachery that is that character. (laughs) Yes, Umbridge. Now, when you went through the exhibition, do you remember whose house won for the day that you were there? Uh, yeah, unfortunately. (laughs) Who was it? was it? It was it was Gryffindor Aww. by like a mile, by Aww. like double yeah. what second place was, because it's like everyone who hasn't really taken the house, they're like, oh, I'm a Gryffindor. Yeah, I was just thinking that should be quite unfair because most are just it's like, oh yeah, I want unfair. to be Gryffindor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's what Jen and I kind of came to the conclusion too, because mm. the day we were there, Gryffindor also won by a uh. good margin. And then we looked around and saw like the five-year-old children and their parents, and we were like, aha, this yeah. makes sense. They all yeah. think they're Gryffindors. <laughs> I mean, I thought I was a Gryffindor at first as well, but mm-hmm. nope, that's my secondary house, Ravenclaw's 100% first. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, when you first read the books, there pretty much are only two houses. You're either an evil goth Slytherin mm-hmm. or you're a Gryffindor, and that's really it. So, makes sense. As the very wise Dumbledore from Star Kid said, I'll put all the good guys in Gryffindor, all the bad guys in Slytherin, and the rest of you go wherever the heck you want. <laughs> yep, yes. pretty much, yeah. Now, did you have a favorite room that you got to go through? The main trick one was awesome just for, like, the theme that it had. The greenhouse was mm-hmm. really cool. I love that. It was that where it was the Quidditch room. Oh, the Quidditch room was very cool, too. If the mm-hmm. Great Hall portion of it that they had was, like, a little bit more extravagant, that would have been my favorite, mm-hmm. no questions asked. 
Yeah, I, I was a little bit sad that you couldn't sit at the tables that were there because oh, I think I at the Philadelphia exhibition, I saw people's pictures of them sitting at those tables. Wait, really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did. I don't Not know fair. what. There must have been something with the tables and things getting beat up <laughs> by people sitting on them and stuff. Yeah, people stealing silverware. Yeah, that they probably were like, you know what, just for this one, we're not going to bother with that. Because, I mean, there are a lot of interactive elements and they do have a lot of nice photo ops, which is nice. Yes. So that's definitely kind of like a bummer, but it, it was cool to see all the candles hanging from the ceiling, too. That was a cool mm-hmm. effect that they did. You know what? I just remembered. It's really ironic that I actually fought the giant snake as my bog art. Mm-hmm. I finally made myself a Wizarding World account that isn't just like a spoof one that I did once. <laughs> and <laughs> ah. my Patronus ended up changing. Oh. From the King Cobra to a Sphinx cat. Oh, okay. I feel like cat is much more you. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Especially a really cool looking funky cat. Because mm-hmm. I'm like Ravenclaw, like regal Ravenclaw. Like that cat is mm-hmm. very much a regal cat. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And very like distinctive looking, but mm-hmm. in the best way possible. Yes. Okay. So if you just want to kind of step us through any other big points that you experienced or thoughts that you had about the exhibition? Did you think there was anything missing? Did you want to Mm -hmm. see something that they haven't had? Yes, absolutely, actually. I did think there was something missing. They had no pairs of hairy glasses. Not one. Oh, okay. Hmm, interesting. I did not even clock that. There wasn't any (laughs) in the Gryffindor section? I don't think there was, not even with his costume. Really? I think it was Hmm. just the robes. Yeah, because I know his robes were in there, because we had Ron, Hermione, and him in one case in the Gryffindor section. I don't know if they had one of his actual wands either, because they in the wand section, those were all replicas. Yeah, those were all like the noble collection, basically. Yeah, yeah, and the giant ones. Yeah, the giant ones were very aggressive. They were huge. It's like if the trolls club decided to like go and train in the wilderness for like three years. Yeah, they were pretty big. They were like at least 10 feet tall at a minimum. Yeah. But it was cool to see that. Actually, I really liked the um the divination room it was very cool as well. Yeah. So since this is the first time I hear anything about this, it sounds like mm-hmm. it's ginormous. Oh, it's huge. People were telling us when we were going to go, oh, it'll take you an hour and a half. Um, no. <laughs> it took us probably two and a half, three hours to get through it. Hmm. Yeah, Jen and I were there for two and a half hours, I think mm-hmm. I want to say. I think if you go through the exhibition and don't interact with anything and don't take any pictures, yeah. it could take you like an hour and a half. But if you're going to stop and actually do the bog art and like make some potions and take some pictures and play the Quidditch game. You know actually have the experience you're supposed to yeah then it'll take you like two and a half hours and there were a lot of really fun things to be able to interact with plus it's not like a cheap exhibition either so no it's it's absolutely not it's very aggressive if you take your time and you really like experience everything it's worth the money but i feel like if you're someone who's just gonna blast through it it's not gonna be worth your money what are you doing yeah it's very much so something too where if you don't if you just go by yourself and you don't have the right attitude or you bring the wrong people, it can definitely discount from the mm-hmm. experience too. Because a lot of it is just like pieces of set and pieces of costuming and things that you can like interact with and take pictures with and yeah. experience. But if you have like the right person, 
like your family that you got to go with it sounds mm-hmm. like you guys had like a really good time so that's yep. awesome it was great you have to um if you end up going there mel as well have someone come with you who you will fight to the death in a quidditch match <laughs> oh yeah yes okay. <laughs> yes the quidditch exhibit it was amazing it was huge there was a giant snitch like hanging above in the air mm-hmm. it was probably like if it was standing with like the actual snitch orb touching the ground and the wings going straight up it was easily three times my height easily it was huge mm-hmm. now did you get to take the port key too i did i did guess where i ended up though I went to the graveyard because of course I did. Ah, okay. I saw someone go to Nocturne Alley like a couple people before me and I was like, oh no, but I ended up going to Diagon Alley. So I was like, oh yay, I got somewhere half decent. Well, everyone in front of me that I saw went somewhere happy. Like someone went to Hogsby, then Diagon Alley, then like straight to the Hogwarts front gates. And I'm like, oh, awesome. And then I do it and it's like, yeah. graveyard for you. I'm like, oh my God. Okay, what did I do to deserve this? <laughs> That's too funny. Yeah, it was, it was hilarious. Yeah, that was one of the cool things that you got to interact with if you wanted to. I don't think that one counted for house points because that was just like, it was kind of just on a loop. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How did that work with the house points? You are doing your interactive thing and you... Yes. How how do they register what house you are? Like, how does that work? (laughs) It's pretty scuffed. It's just 10 points per thing. Basically, you have this wristband that like is just felt in like a little plastic ID chip and you sca- mm-hmm. you scan it at the beginning. Oh, okay. And then you put in like your house, like a picture of you, and then your wand and your patronus, but it doesn't give you like a bunch of options. It's like you can pick nine different wands and their character wands. Yeah. Or you can oh, pick yeah. Here's your patronus. Is it dog, cat, horse? <laughs> yeah stag yeah (laughs) none of them are (laughs) okay yeah there's no dolphins on there no there's not literally everybody who like hasn't done any of the tests comes in there it's like gryffindor harry's wand stag and it's like wow i wonder what house is gonna win Mm -hmm. yeah okay and essentially you uh, you tippy tap it that's what i called it tippy tap again (laughs) Uh, because you have to tip it once and then you gotta tap it again because it didn't work Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you have to hit it at least a couple of times. But there's a little snitch on your bracelet and you tap the snitch against the other little golden snitch coins that are put up at these different locations. And then, yeah, you get 10 points for each Mm -hmm. thing that you do for your house. Oh, and another tip if you're going through there is if you're going to do the interactive stuff, which you should, if you want to like record it or like reactions or whatever do it the first time because it won't let you do it twice. Yeah, it won't let you do it a second time. Oh, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. Because it has to be secure, so you can't just farm house points or whatever like, mm, like yeah, you're going to win if you're not in Gryffindor. Yeah. <laughs> we were excited to see who won at the end because Jen and I were just going through, and she's a Ravenclaw and I'm a Hufflepuff, mm-hmm. and so... We were walking through and we were really excited to see who won at the end. And then we watched the little gems fill up the columns and Gryffindor was by far in the lead. And we were like, that was so disappointing. (laughs) It was like Ravenclaw in second and then Gryffindor has double their points. And it's like, wow, this is almost like Dumbledore's doing the math. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yep. Mm -hmm. Fun fact, though. 
at the end of the seventh film, when the actors, it was their last day, they got to take two things home from the set. And this might be one of the reasons why there was no Harry glasses, because Daniel Radcliffe took his first and last pairs. Oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Instead of like his wand or something, like he took his first and last pair of glasses. Oh, I guess what what were your big takeaways from this exhibition? And what would you recommend to someone who is going to possibly see this exhibition either in Georgia or at one of the other locations? Well, just experience everything. You have to be super, super detail-oriented with it. There's no time limit on it at all. Mm-hmm. So just, like, be as thorough as you possibly can. Read all of the educational degrees on the wall. Investigate every little <laughs> tiny thing behind the plexiglass under in the cupboard under the stairs. Read all of the Black family tree. Do all of the things. Do everything. Now, did you get to visit the gift shop? Did you pick up any goodies while you were there? I did pick up some goodies while there i got a whole bunch of exclusive pins <laughs> nice i got an exhibition pin and an exclusive ravenclaw pin and then i got one of the exhibition jackets as well Ooh, okay they were amazing yeah i was looking at the jackets but i i decided i didn't have enough room in my suitcase because we had gone out <laughs> to hallmark the day before and i bought an aerial oh. towel and that was in my suitcase already <laughs> when we went to the gift shop I was able to locate a Hufflepuff necklace that says Ravenclaw on it. What? What? (laughs) So, you know those little bobble ornaments that they were selling at the end? Oh, yeah, those. Yes. They all came with like a little like necklace or some kind of piece of jewelry inside of them. And the ones that were the house ones had a necklace that has the house animal and then a little bar that says either Hufflepuff or Ravenclaw, so they're in a Gryffindor, and then the coloring behind it for the house. Yes. And so we didn't know what was in these baubles, and so I picked up the display one, and I opened it to see what was inside of it. Yeah. And inside of it, it was a little plate that was had the yellow coloring behind it and a little badger, mm-hmm. but in the writing, it said Ravenclaw. And <laughs> I was like, Jen, are you looking at this the same way that I'm looking at? Like, does that say Ravenclaw to you? And she's like, yeah, that says Ravenclaw. I brought it up to the woman at the front. I was like, hey, I kind of want this necklace because this is just like a janky, like fun souvenir. It's very funny. Yeah. The woman gave it to me at a discount. She was like, "Uh, yeah, I don't think anyone else is going to want this. I was like, no, I would like it, though. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Yeah, and they did have some cute things that had, like, the snitch and stuff on it. Oh my gosh, yes. There were some amazing things. Like, there was, I think there was an ornament where, like, the snitch, like, moved. It was really well made. Yeah, I got the one that was, like, a little glitter ball, and it says Harry Potter Exhibition. And they did have those, um, I think your Ravenclaw pin might be this, the recreations of those big stained glass windows. Yes, I think it was, yeah. I got a Hufflepuff one for one of my friends. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was one of the things that I found, like, one of the art pieces part of this exhibition that was exclusive to the exhibition that they clearly made just for this that I thought was really cool. Yeah. Where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram at PotterKidReads. Yay! Woo! All of the things are there, including the uh, the video of me getting (laughs) transported to the graveyard, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, go and check that. (laughs) Yeah. It was so fun to have you back for a little discussion. Yeah, thanks for having me back. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, welcome back, listeners, to the other side of the interview with the Potter Cave. We hope you enjoyed that. (laughs) Yeah, we had fun talking with him about this. And uh, Mm -hmm. I think we touched on a couple of things already. But Juliana, 
since you have been yourself on this yes. exhibition, maybe you want to go a little bit more into detail still with it. If we didn't talk about everything yet, what do you still want to add? And just whatever comes to your mind, share with us. Yeah, and pop in with any questions that you might have, Mel. So I think I'd like to give just like a more, I guess, inline breakdown of what you can expect out of this mm -hmm. exhibition. Yeah. And some of the things that I thought were standouts and some things that I thought could be improved upon. So essentially, this exhibition is in Atlanta, Georgia, the southern United States, a little bit about Florida. Mm -hmm. I went down and we stayed with our past guest and our friend Jen uh, and her six dogs and two cats. That was very nice. Mm -hmm. And essentially, this exhibition is set up, unlike the one in Philadelphia, this one's set up in an exhibition space. So it's a space that is essentially a blank building that can be used for a bunch of different exhibitions and they have free reign to do whatever they want in that space essentially oh. as opposed to the museum where it was before where they were kind of building the exhibition up around some displays and things that already existed and I will say the nice thing about that also is that I know our friends who went to see the exhibition in Philadelphia at the museum had to pay the admission price for the museum and the exhibition price because They had to pay the exhibition as an add-on to the museum ticket. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. This one is nice in the fact that you're just paying for the for the exhibition ticket and there's no other extra fees. There is an option to do a VIP, which I will speak to that as well, too, because our friend Felix was nice enough to upgrade Jen and I to VIP, which was so nice of him. So thank you so much, Felix, for that. Jen and I were very grateful for that. But essentially, when you get upgraded to the VIP, you get this very nice little badge that you can wear with a collectible, reusable lanyard, which is actually a pretty nice lanyard. You get to skip the line at the beginning where you're waiting to get into the exhibition, which the line when we were there was actually decently long. We, we probably skipped at least like half an hour waiting that line, which was great. And you also get a $10 off coupon for the gift shop at the end. Okay, that's nice. Yeah, but it it is like an extra $40 on top of the regular ticket price, which is around like $45, bucks, I want to say. And the VIP is around like $85 to $90. Bucks. So okay. depending on what you want to pay, it can be worth it. But for us, it was just a nice little bonus that we got to partake in. So thank you to Felix again for that. Mm -hmm. Essentially, you walk in and just like Potter Kid said, you get to create your own Harry Potter ID. You get your bracelet, you put it on your wrist, has a little golden snitch on a piece of plastic on it. You tap it in, you get to pick your house, your Patronus, your wand. It is limited to character Patronuses and character wands. And I think I picked Queenie's wand and I picked obviously the wolf Patronus because that is my real Patronus. So that's a good thing. They don't have dolphins. Sorry, Mel. And <laughs> you use that bracelet to tap into all of the places where you can get house points for your house and do an interactive experience and there are a bunch of different interactive experiences that you go through as you go through the exhibition yeah the first interactive experience you have is actually in the next room which we just talked about with the potter kid where you get to tap into one of the kiosks they have put your name in and then it pops up on the marauders map that is in the big wider room They'll let you know, float around for like a few minutes and then they have this really cool video projection show that plays that shows you like Hogwarts through the seasons and all these really cool videos that they've compilated together. That was a fun little addition. And then after that, you head into the famed room with all the four houses, the one that you stand in the middle and you have like Gryffindor and Slytherin and Hufflepuff yeah. and Ravenclaw. With those really cool stained glass windows that I believe are exclusive to the exhibition. I've never seen them anywhere else. I think they created them as an art piece for the exhibition. Okay. And that's where you get to choose your house, actually. 
and they take your picture. So you tap into whatever house you want to be a part of. You get your picture taken and then you are a part of said house which was fun. And you can take a lot of pictures with the stained glass windows. There's also some costuming pieces and prop pieces that are in each house section. I'd say for me, the coolest thing was that they had the Cursed Child robes in the Slytherin section because Albus and Severus from Cursed Child are both Slytherins. Right. The fact that they had some Cursed Child representation, which was not guaranteed in any capacity, but it was nice to see that they did have a few other Cursed Child things that I'll mention as we go through, because one of them was really cool. They did have the Cedric Diggory outfit, the Triers of Tournament outfit that he wears in the Hufflepuff section. They had Tonks's outfit in that Hufflepuff section, which mm-hmm. was really cool to see. Each little section had a homage to who they are in the films and on the stage and things like that. Okay, so after that, we went to the Great Hall, which was just kind of like a little display. It wasn't really anything super exciting. It was cute to look at. There were hanging candles from the ceiling, but you couldn't sit at the table, which was kind of a bummer. And then after that, we got to one of Jen's favorite rooms because the next room was the wand room. Oh, nice. Yeah. So the wand room was this room that was kind of a rectangular room, but all around the sides of the room were these like at least 10 foot tall wand replicas, all these different characters. Oh, didn't they have those out for some time? Was it in London for something? I, no I don't remember. It's a longer while ago already. I think mm-hmm. to remember there was Newt's wand and stuff as well. Maybe these are the same ones that they are reusing or something for these? Possibly. Yeah, I have no idea. They didn't have her the real wands. They had the wand, the big 10-foot wand, and then they had like a character video playing on a screen next to them. And then they had the character's wand in a display case in front of it. But they weren't the real wands. They were like Noble Collection replicas. So Okay. Um, and then in the middle of the room, you could learn how to do the Wingardium Leviosa spell. And so you could trace it out on the computer's touchscreen with your finger and make the feather in front of you rise. And then it came back down. And it was fun. So we okay. did that. The next section that we headed into was the Defense Against the Dark Arts classroom, which I will say was actually very well made. Like, it felt like you were in the Defense Against the Dark Arts classroom. They had, like, the two windows that ha- that are kind of part of the back of the room. They had Lupin's costume. They had the Gilderoy Lockhart costume. Three of his, of Gilderoy Lockhart's books in a display case that you mm. could look at. <laughs> and then they did have a tippy-tappy thing where you could tap in and fight your Bogart. They only did have a few select things that you could choose from to be like your fear. So I chose like Dark Knights and it showed me like a moon and then I you have to trace it on the Bogart cabinet because this happens against a Bogart cabinet. Mm-hmm. That was kind of clunky, but my thing turned into a balloon. So like the Potter Kids said, you get 10 points for each interaction that counts for your house. So as long as you do the interaction, you complete it, you get the 10 points for your house and you can only do it once. This sounds like very movie-based, so you have the same Bogarts, basically, and the same resolution for it as in the movies, it seems. Yeah, it's very movie-specific. Yeah, okay. You don't have that in the studio tour in London either. Yeah. It kind of makes sense, you know, because it's all about the movie-making. Yeah, this definitely felt like an exhibition that was make you immersed in the movie side of things. Yeah. After that, you got to go into the potions classroom, which was really cool. I think the potions interactive thing was probably my favorite one where you got to make a potion in this little cauldron they had and you were tapping the different ingredients to go into it and I made the draught of the living death and they also had some really cool like potion displays and bottles and they had Slughorn's costume in there as well 
all of these areas that I'm talking about all had at least like one costume piece from the movies in it that was relevant to wherever that place was that you were hanging out, like the potions room or the Jen mm-hmm. Fancy gets Dark Arts room. Except for maybe like a few things like the wands room. The wands room didn't have any costuming, but it did have a lot of wands. Oh, and then we got to go into the divination room. Oh, nice. Yeah. Jen and I both decided that we liked the aesthetic of that room the best out of all the rooms (laughs) we went in. It was good good decorating. They had a bunch of tables that you could sit at. There was about like three tables that didn't have the interactive bit to them where you could just sit and take a picture at, essentially. Mm -hmm. There were three tables that had the interactive tippy tap thing where you could tap it and then it would tell you, you, your future. Ooh, in the ball of divination. Ooh, did you do that? I did. I can't remember what I got. Oh, no. I have it on video. Okay, then check that. So Hermione Granger thinks that runes are superior, but I will find my inner eye. In the divination world. That's what it told you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't make these things. Did you feel like you did find your inner eye? <laughs> uh, I mean, I have some really nice pictures of me just <laughs> sitting behind the crystal ball, which was a fun time. Okay, maybe you still have to take some more classes and practice a bit, and then you can tell us more. <laughs> yeah. I'm expecting some predictions from you in the future. Mm, yeah, I have to work on my divination skills, you know. Yes. I'm going to need a divination ball first to begin. I don't even have one of those, so. We're still in the beginning of the year, so you could still, mm. like, make some predictions for me personally, if you want to. Ooh, okay. That might come true throughout the year. I will catch up with you on that, maybe in the next episode, and then we will see. I see pizza in your future. I had some for lunch today. <laughs> yeah, well, it can be in your future too, you know. Oh, yes. I mean, it probably will happen again. Yeah, see, I'm accurate. I'm very accurate <laughs> when it comes to these things. Okay, you got one already, so... Yes, ha Okay, <laughs> so after the divination classroom, we head into one of our favorite spots, Mel. Yeah. The herbology classroom, <gasps> the greenhouse. Oh. Nice. I will say, comparatively speaking, to where we were in the Warner Brothers authentic actual set of the greenhouse, it's not as good as that. Okay. And the mandrakes are definitely not as nice, (laughs) but it's a good greenhouse. It's not quite the set, but they did a nice job creating that space, especially inside and making it look like the light was coming in. Because when we were at the greenhouse, it was actually when the sun was kind of setting a little bit. And I feel like the light was really good and we could like kind of see the light filtering through because that is out in the courtyard area at the Mm -hmm. studio tour this is inside a building they did a good job of kind of creating the light as the building you were standing in was outside so that was kind of nice and you can interact with the mandrakes you could pull them out and they would scream so that's a fun time that one weirdly was not one you could tap into and earn points for i don't know why don't ask me i don't know and then we came around the corner and we got to see the Goblet of Fire, mm-hmm. which was there on display. I do not know if it was the real one or not, because you could touch it. I don't. I want to say it wasn't the real one. I don't think then that it was the real one. Yeah, I didn't think it was, but it was the full size of the original. Yeah. And it's it big. So, And then we headed off into the forest. In the Forbidden Forest. The Forbidden Forest. And we had to cast our Patronuses. Da, 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 da. Did you get to cast your Patronus that you chose in the beginning? Yeah. Okay. 
So when you tapped in, it kind of transferred. It took all of the information that you had registered at the beginning with you to each thing. So if there was something that was relevant, like the Patronus, to whatever activity you were doing at that time, Mm -hmm. it would bring it up. So Jen chose the otter because I guess she has some kind of inside joke about the woman who plays that lady in Lost about an otter. And so she thought that was fun. I chose the wolf and we both did the Patronus thing and respectively got to cast like the otter and the wolf as our Patronuses. So that was a, a fun time. And then we did get to head a little bit deeper into the Forbidden Forest and we got to see the spiders. Ah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You saw uh-huh. how I liked walking through the Forbidden Forest with the spiders. <laughs> yeah, Mel's not a spider friend. No. I was like, this is so cool. And no, I don't <laughs> like spiders in person, but like, because I love the second movie so much, to me, I was like, wow, this is great. <laughs> so did they have also really big ones that came down from the ceiling or something? They had some that were already hanging from the ceiling. The ce- I will say the ceiling in this exhibition is not quite as like skyrocketingly high as the one in the in the London studio tour because I don't even know where that ceiling ended. So they have some that are kind of stagnant. So there was nothing jumping out at us, but they were okay. still there. Maybe a little bit more approachable for yourself, Mel, not having to deal with if they're going to jump out at you or not. Just looking at them is enough to scare me away. So Ah, okay. Yeah, so then the next portion of the exhibition is kind of a mishmash of a bunch of different things. A lot of it is like photo ops and stuff like that. Like we had Professor Umbridge's desk that you could sit behind, which was really cool. And one of the cool things about sitting at the desk is if you're sitting at the desk and you can't see it because everything is kind of partitioned off into little sections. But one of the partitions between the desk and the next section behind it, which holds the phone booth, is the door that Dolores Umbridge has on her office is on the back side of that. You can only see the door if you're sitting in her chair and it has Moody's eye in it. Ah, uh, okay. Evil. Yeah. So you can sit at that desk and you can take some pictures. Uh, one of the highlights Jen and I had from that area was the Newt's case area in mm-hmm. that section where they had the wall that had the Kelpie on it and the bow truckle tree that was in the middle, all of the posters for all the beasts all around it. And it felt like you were in his case in his little workshop Aww. that he has in there. And they also had Newt's costume and Tina's costume mm-hmm. and a giant Makusa and Paris ministry, France. Not sure. Le ministre de France. Something like, I don't know. <laughs> Someone tell me what it is. I don't know what it is. They had those big posters and everything too. So that was fun. Along with the chimneys that are in the Ministry of Magic in Great Britain. So you could walk through and you would look like you were in the chimney that has the flu network connected to it mm-hmm. in the Ministry of Magic. And the phone booth, which did not have a recording or anything, my Universal peoples out there, because if you go to the Universal phone booth outside of London in Universal, Florida, and I think in California as well too, if you type in magic, it will play you a recording. Mm-hmm. This phone booth did not have that, though. It was very cute. And this is also the section where we had the port key that you could hold onto the boot and fly around in. Uh, When we went, there actually wasn't a boot there. And if anyone has seen the video I posted on socials, you'll notice that there's nothing on the table. There is a picture of a boot there. And I was told by Felix that apparently people were trying to rip the boot off the table and were taking it away anyway. So what? Yeah. They decided that they were going to just put the picture of the boot on the table and call it a day because... They had lost like a bunch of boots already and it was getting to be ridiculous. That is just yeah. what people behave. I mean, come on. Would you act like this in your own home? Oh, it's America. Would you like it when someone comes into your place and just takes your stuff and rips it apart? Like, what? 
Yeah. Well, I have to think you have to think like a lot of these people, a lot of the people who are going through this are kids. I get that kids will touch things, but not that they rip everything apart. They are not alone there. They have their parents that are watching them. Mm-hmm. So I would think that would not happen, but okay. Yeah, I guess that that's the tea on that. So All right. There's no boot there anymore, but you can still touch the picture of the boot and it will take you to a random location via the port key. I got Diagon Alley mm-hmm. and Jen actually got the Paris Ministry of Magic, which I said, wow, Ooh. that's appropriate, Jen. You yes. love Fantastic Beasts. <laughs> well, one of the other things that I was excited about in the section that had the many things kind of inside of it that we we're just talking about was a Cursed Child artifact that they had there. For all of you Cursed Child fans out there, they had the original Time Turner from the Cursed Child there, which is my favorite piece of Cursed Child artifact, propage, costuming, whatever. It's my favorite thing. I will say this thing is freaking big, but you have to think it's a stage prop and you have to yeah. be able to see it from the back of the stage. So it, it's like how you put on like regular makeup versus stage makeup. If you walk up to someone who's wearing stage makeup in real life, you'll be like, oh my God, you are a freaking clown. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you have to think like it has to translate to the back of the stage. So this thing is probably about half a foot big, big as someone's head, essentially. Wow. Yeah, it's really cool and has the apparatus that they use to hold it up so that in kind of like invisible strings, they mm-hmm. had that on display with it too. So that way when they all hold it up together, it looks like it's floating in the middle of them from the back of the theater. Yeah, that was a really, really cool thing that we got to see. And then past that, we got to partake in Quittage. Did you sit on a broom again that was not fitting you at all? Like we had in the exhibition, the photo exhibition in London. You know, they had that, but we had to wait in line and it was not free like it was at the photo exhibition in London. Well, it was free to do it, but not to get the actual pictures. Yeah. We didn't end up doing that because the line was kind of long and we were like, yeah, we're not going to buy the pictures anyway. We already took like 5 million free pictures. Yeah. And you had your experience with that anyway already. I was thinking I'm probably not going to be the best fit (laughs) based off of what happened before. I think they tried to find something that would suit most people, but somehow this was really ginormous and out of proportion that if you come there with your kids, it's just impossible for them to sit on that and it was us as a regular sized adult was already like very uncomfortable on it and you could see the back of the seat yeah that was weird the photographic exhibition has closed so people don't have to worry about that anymore it has Mm -hmm. like a couple months ago because they pulled my picture on instagram for some reason they liked my picture and they did like a closing compilation of pictures oh okay i guess you're closing Maybe it wasn't visited enough because it was very empty when we were there. It's kind of hidden. Yeah, that too. Hmm. I mean, and I feel like price-wise, I don't think it was worth the price that they charged for it, honestly. They kind of charged a lot for not too much. Like with this exhibition, like you pay like 45 bucks, but if you really like go with someone and are enthusiastic yourself Mm. about like taking pictures and like doing all the, it's worth the 45 bucks, I'd say. I mean, they had quite a few things in there that you could interact with as well, and it was read a lot of text and watch a lot of video kind of interview parts and stuff so it was different yeah and it was i think 20 pounds or something to get in there yeah it worked out to be like 25 to 30 bucks us yeah which is kind of like a lot for yeah for that comparatively speaking to everything else we've done and i've done Mm -hmm. like wizarding world related definitely i feel like the most overpriced of all the things that we did like just relative to what you got out of it essentially yeah but the people were really sweet there so it was really fun to still do these things and i have never been sitting on a broom like this before so that was the first time yeah 
in regards to like photo op and like paid photo ops, that was one of the few like paid ones that you could purchase. They had okay. a photo at the beginning that they took of you and your group. They had you in front of green screen and they put like various backgrounds behind you and that was something that you could buy if mm-hmm. you wanted to, along with the broom pictures. And you could also you can make anything to a photo op there. Like it was it was pretty much just like a walking Instagram photo shoot. And <laughs> but the Quidditch section, so back to the Quidditch section, that was very fun. You got to play the game where you got to throw the quaffle through the hoop, which was good. I didn't tell the Potter kid this when we were recording, but I didn't see that giant snitch he was making. I don't remember the giant snitch. I don't know if it got taken out between like when I went or I just didn't notice it. I have a video of me in there and I don't see a giant snitch in that video either. So I don't know what happened. I could definitely see someone chucking the quaffles at the giant snitch and like it knocking it down, honestly. It's like kind of like a, like how you play skee ball and the balls just fall back down to you after you throw them through the, the thing. He was a bit earlier there than you. Yeah, he was like a, a couple of weeks earlier than I was. Okay. And I know like at the beginning again too, like they had the boot on the table. Not anymore. Uh, so there have been some edits based on yeah. wear and tear and things like that. And I will say in regards to that too, there really wasn't anything in this exhibition that felt like it had been used and abused really, except for maybe like the tippy tap points where it looked a little bit like rough for their wear. But like you have to think like everyone's slamming their band into those like all day Mm, yeah that was fine because i know we had some friends who went to the pennsylvania exhibition and they went like two weeks after the exhibition had started and they were saying like yeah the quaffle balls already look beat up the quidditch posts are already knocked over everything is looking a little bit worse for wear only like a couple weeks in and i obviously didn't see the exhibition right at the beginning either so i would say that most of the stuff besides like the tippy tap points i would say like even the quaffle balls were in pretty good condition so like that was kind of a nice a nice little surprise i guess i would just assume that after a while it naturally happens of course when you use them all day every day with so many people that they will just have backups of them and just exchange them every now and then to keep them like nicer looking and yeah be usable so i would assume they go through quite a few of those after a while depending on how long this is running especially the people who did the pennsylvania exhibition right when it opened that was the first iteration of this exhibition so you gotta think before it got to me, they've had a lot of time to spitball and see what works, what doesn't, improve mm. on things, you know. Based off of what other people told me about the one in Pennsylvania, it sounds like they took a lot of those notes to heart. Because a lot of the things that people had pointed out to me as like little warnings, like, hey, watch out for this. And it was or saying things like it was kind of condensed or it was kind of like squished or a lot of that was due to the space that this one was in, as opposed to being in a museum. It's in its own exhibition space. So they had a lot more space and freedom to do things, which I think was a big factor. And this one probably being a little bit better than the Pennsylvania exhibition, I will say. Yeah, it definitely was. It was in good shape, but I don't remember the golden snitch. So... After the Quidditch, was there something else still coming? or? Yeah, so after the Quidditch, we headed into the room that had the cupboard under the stairs, and you could sit in the cupboard, and I wrapped myself in Harry's blanket. Probably not the best idea, germs-wise. I realized mm-hmm. that after the fact. Then you went into a room that had some artifacts, including the lovely invisibility cloak that the Potter kid did mention, <laughs> Yes, which was very fun. And then you were able to enter the last room, which had the pensive, which, yes, I did take a picture of myself with my head in the pensive. It has become a tradition as of now because I did it at the <laughs> studio tour. And anytime there's a pensive, I will plan to do the next the same thing every time. Uh, 
So I we did get to see that, and then they had a nice video playing in there, and you got to exit out of that room that had a bunch of like just random artifacts kind of hanging out in the corners of the room, and you exited out into the gift shop. And that was like the majority. I might have missed like one or two things in there, but that was like the majority of the exhibition. It did take Jen and I about like two and a half hours to go through everything, but we did one. We did skip the line at the beginning, so that is a time discount there. But we did fully do every single tiny little thing within the exhibition so we really made it a point to experience everything and take pictures where we wanted to take pictures and take videos and just really make the most out of it so we could just have fun the gift shop was nice they had a few harry potter exclusive i exhibition items i did get a pin just like potter kid did and an ornament and also my exclusive ravenclaw hufflepuff pendant that i now own (laughs) yes That was fun. Um, And then the other only other thing that is part of the experience that we didn't mention yet is the little cafe that they have at the front of the exhibition. Okay. Yeah. And they did have like actual food there. They had like some sandwiches, some salads, chips, cookies, drinks. They did have butterbeer. They were selling it at the ridiculous price of $10 a bottle. And I was like, what the actual heck? Whoa. Yeah. I was like, I'm not buying it. And it's the same exact one that is at the places, all the places where we went, Mel. Yeah. It's that same label with the kind of butterfly looking thing on it. Mm -hmm. So that was the one that they have. When I was in New York, I got like the New York specific Makusa one and I got the Harry Potter Christmas one, which those are like really fun because they have two different Mina Lima designs on it. No, this is just the regular one. It was 10 bucks, which is ridiculous. Just a quick question. Did they not have any magical themed items like food related things, chocolate frogs or something like that? So they did have all your prepackaged Harry Potter candies. Like they had the Birdie Bots beans they had chocolate frogs that you could buy those were in the gift shop area though yeah but in the cafe i mean yeah nothing no no they had like pastries and they had like regular muffins and things like that so i mean it was fine i mean the cafe was well themed too it had a cute little platform nine and three quarters theme to it which was nice okay and the tables were cute and everything and the staff was very nice but the food wasn't anything super exciting it was more or less just like yeah you're here with your family you guys need something to eat let us supply Mm. you with something something to eat so that was mostly that so overall now that we have talked through the exhibition what was your favorite your least favorite did you personally miss anything that you would have liked to see yeah i think just like getting to experience all the things the interactive elements were really fun i did out of all the interactive elements i will say the potions class was probably my favorite and all the cool places where you could take pictures was really just a nice a nice thing a nice way to get some souvenirs that wouldn't cost you any extra money mm-hmm. art wise i really love the stained glass windows that they created for this exhibition i think yeah. those are very pretty and they actually did have ornaments of them at the end but luckily for me they only had slytherin and gryffindor <laughs> and i said mm. and then they only had gryffindor and ravenclaw pins and so i ended up getting a keychain <laughs> Why, though? I mean... I don't know. It has overall become so much better with the merch that there is delivered to every house, basically, but... I think they might have had it, but I think it might have sold out, honestly. They probably just didn't buy enough. That's what I guess. Did they not expect that there is so many Hufflepuffs and so many Ravenclaws, so overwhelmingly more (laughs) Mm -hmm. nowadays? Uh, Yeah, that could be. I think that was more it, but the art that is those stained glass windows, I really did love, and I think it was really pretty. So things that I missed, 
things yeah. that I wish that were there. I wish there was some kind of diagonally element. That was something we didn't get, which I think could have been added in some capacity. Mm -hmm. There was no like diagonally shop experience or diagonally walking down it experience, which I think was interesting because that's obviously one, a huge part of the parks in Universal and California. And also part of the studio tour as well, Mel. Mm -hmm. You get to walk through Diagon Alley. So I thought it was interesting. There wasn't any like Wizarding Wheezes section. There wasn't any kind of Honeydukes or Madame Malkins or Ollivanders. Yeah. There were like wand box displays kind of in the middle of the wand room, but that wasn't the focus of that room at all. It was more mm -hmm. like the giant wands so it would have been nice to have some kind of diagonally element or shop element to it which would have been cool now when thinking about that this exhibition is like in different locations mm -hmm. available at the moment that you can go and visit are they all built up the exact same way do we know that or are there differences possibly i there have to be some kind of differences i think they're like the majority must be the same but you have to think like it can't be the exact same costumes at every single one unless they just have multiple costumes from the movie like duplicates or something like that so i'm assuming some of the costumes that are on display might be a little bit different mm -hmm. but like the interactive kind of things do you think these are pretty much the same the same layout of sorts or it would be interesting to hear from others who have seen them not just in the u.s but yeah like the vienna one yeah or the paris one that's coming up I imagine this, the interactive elements probably are the same, but the setup is probably a little bit different because obviously the building that it's in is different. And like, uh, Yeah, I was just thinking that the location yeah. probably plays a big part to that as well, that what is available yeah. and how is the size. Yeah, we saw the difference between Philadelphia and Georgia in the fact that like there's more room in the Georgia one and the... Mm. They didn't have to work around pieces of like a museum that's already there. Yeah. And they could, they kind of just could throw up whatever walls they wanted in the exhibition space in Georgia. If you took out the exhibition, I'm sure there's like not a wall to be seen in that whole bottom floor where it was. It depends on the venue. Yeah, the one thing I have in mind right now is that language-wise, it might be different, possibly. Yeah. That, mm -hmm. for example, when being in Austria, that it would be German. Uflipoof. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the basics, like the house names and stuff, are mm. in English, but it would still be all kind of in German, I suppose, because it's I'm catering happy. to the people who are going there, of course, so that they understand. I, I wonder how I would feel about it, because I'm so used to nowadays to just read the books and watch the yeah. movies in English. I have a feeling it would be in German. Yeah, I would think so, too. Yeah, I'm sure the Paris one is in French. Yeah, yeah, because I know I saw the the Yule Ball that they're also hosting, the one that they have down in the United States is in Houston, but there's one that's in, gosh, it's somewhere in, in Germany or or Austria or somewhere. It's somewhere... Berlin, probably. Berlin, yeah. It's the Berlin one. And that whole, because I've seen some people who have been to that one, and that whole ceremony and experience is in full German. Yeah. So we shall see. Maybe if Mel goes to it or we have friends who have been there, let us know. We would love to hear your experiences too in the exhibition. But I think overall, five out of five experience. Okay. That sounds great. Yeah. That does come with a caveat of bring people you know are going to want to experience this with you and have mm -hmm. fun. And also... Bring a positive attitude for yourself because you could easily go through this exhibition quickly without with a bad attitude and be like, I don't want to interact with anything. And you could give it a zero out of five. But if you are willing to just embrace the exhibition and have fun, you could easily get a five out of five out of this. 
I think that pretty much goes for anything that is related to such a like exhibition tour, whatever. Yeah. That you should only go with people that you really think will enjoy it as much as you do or have fun going along with it. And yeah. don't go such a thing if you don't like it. I guess yeah, so. If it's not your work. if it's not your kind of thing and you will be just bored, then you are running through it in thirty minutes. So uh, I think it sounds like you both had a great time. Yeah, we did. And that it's definitely something you should all go and check out if you have the possibility. So if it's near you, then go and have fun. Yeah. Okay, well, that was pretty much all of the exhibition, and that was a fun time. And that kind of brings us to the end, Mel. Would you like to play a game? Would you like to hear two dumb jokes? Yes. Okay. What did the fish say when he swam into a wall? Ouch. Damn. <laughs> like a dam, you get it? Like a, like a water okay. dam? <laughs> that is so stupid. <laughs> uh, okay. What are two things you can't have for breakfast? Two things I can't have for breakfast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Lunch and dinner. Ah, <sighs> okay. <laughs> okay, as Hufflepuffs, you have to deliver me one food joke. One food joke, okay. What's orange and sounds like a parrot? Mm, I don't know. A carrot. Oh, <laughs> This is the one that I already told, but I'll tell again. <clears throat> what do you call a fake noodle? I don't remember. An impasta. An impasta. Impasta. <laughs> that one's definitely the best joke on this list, but I already told it, so I was like, I can't tell that one. Okay, I think we had enough jokes for today. <laughs> All right, on that great ending of a joke, uh, do you want to give us the contacts, Juliana? <laughs> yes. So, listeners... Thank you for joining us for a deep dive into the Harry Potter exhibition. And if you'd like to get in contact with us over here on Puffcast, you can listen to us on all platforms where podcasts are found. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at PuffcastPod. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Puffcast. And you can email us all of your thoughts, feelings, and any information you have about maybe the Vienna exhibition or your thoughts on the Georgia exhibition to PuffcastPod at gmail.com. You can also support us on Patreon for as little as $2 a month. That's less than a coffee. Wow. And you can get exclusive benefits like bloopers, the whole backlog of Juliana's dumb joke advent calendar. Yes, there are two years of that you can listen to. It is an exclusive piece of digital merch. And you can also help us donate to charity every month. And we would just like to shout out our friend David of Crooked Wands, who also helps us by donating 25% of his Etsy sales every month to the charity of our choosing. If you'd like to get a Puffcast shirt, you can head on over to bonfire.com slash puffcast dash podcast dash t-shirt or just search puffcast in bonfire.com. We would love to see you show it off if you have one. And if you'd like to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave us a five-star review, we would love to read it here. And Mel has informed me we have one unnamed, unreviewed five-star review that has been added to our reviews. Thank you to anyone, whoever that person was for leaving us five stars. If it was you, reach out to our Instagram. I'd love to send you a sticker. And until next time, stay puffy. And badger on. Also, happy Valentine's Day and happy Friendship Day because that is coming up in a few days. Yes. So from us with love. Happy Friendship Day. Puff hugs, friends. Puff hugs. Nox. Yes. (laughs) 